You're thinking about me <laughs> in a poncho? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in my 20s, you know, I thought maybe I'll wear a poncho and be cool and hip. I'm like Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. Oh, God, yeah. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, <laughs> March 23rd, 2021. Spring has sprung. Spring uh, has sprung. It's, it's sprung for Ian Ferguson. It's sprung for Pat Contry. On the show today, we'll be talking about... Uh, lots of lots of fun retro news. Game Boy Advance 20th anniversary. Video Game Hall of Fame finalists announced. It's like our yearly tradition. It's like a, a fourth yeah, year. It's fun. Fourth or fifth year we go through that. Uh, Peace, PS3 and Vita digital shore, stores shutting down. And some other brick a brac Brick a brac Of entertainment news. Miscellany. 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 Ian, how, how was your weekend? It was good. Uh, <laughs> I like that. It, was, it wasn't any hesitation. It was good. It was good. It was solid. Uh, it was yeah. It was solid. Uh, I worked, which you know, whatever. But um, March Madness. Oh uh, yeah, you're uh, all about the madness, Ian. Love oh, the March yes! Madness. Love it. Uh, took my laptop to work on uh, day one, uh, so I could stream games. Was that Friday? Yeah, that was Friday. Um, and it was funny. It was a slower day. Madness. It was a slower day, and everyone who came in was like more than willing to talk basketball because I just had the laptop on the front counter with the basketball games playing. So, so you're all in. You won't talk to me about NBA, but you're all in on it's, I, it's different. Yeah. Why is it? It's different. I try. I try. It's different. It's different. It feels different. It's a different feeling. You, you like the kids that you know that this is the last game of their lives, yeah, potentially. exactly. In front of a TV. They're not getting paid. They're getting used. They as play slave their hearts labor. out. Getting pl- used as slave labor, and they're going to go back to, the, to their accounting job next year. I think what it really is, though, and I've had this conversation with it's people. It's more pure. No. Uh, it, no. It, it, I mean, you can make those arguments, and you, you sound stupid. Um, <laughs> I hate it when people talk like that. Uh, no, it's, it's a more defensive game. It's more of a team game too. So. Yes, yeah. It's it's more of a, it's a more defensive game. It's a it's a like you said more of a team game because um, they're not skilled. The, <laughs> they don't have the, the high well, skills. They don't have the skills for the blazing offense, so they focus more on the defense. So sure. the games are lower scoring, um, and yeah, I mean you miss some of that flash and stuff like that. But I, I just I like the way. It's the same game, but different. I like the way it plays out like in your, college Like better. your Detroit Pistons you liked in the early 2000s. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And people always say that when, when they find out that that's like the early 2000s Detroit Pistons team is like my favorite NBA team, um, it, it makes sense to a lot of people who are smarter about sports than I am. Well, they won, they won in 03 and 04. Was that it? Or 03? They won, they won I one. thought it was 02 and 03, but it, no, you're right. It might have been 03 and 04. Okay. Yeah. Great team. Yeah, and then the Nets got to the finals. Both got Wallaces. Des- got destroyed by the Spurs uh, one of those years. That might have been 03. Yeah, the, the Wallaces, the Wallace twins. You know, they weren't twins. But no. <laughs> what are the odds that Rashid and Ben, you know, both Sheed are Wallace? Rashid and Ben, I, and two of my favorite players. Love Ben. Love Sheed. So, yeah, no, it was good. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, I, I uh, Round two wrapped up. Round two. Round two wrapped up yesterday. I'm looking forward to fight. the Sweet 16. Fight. 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 Uh, I saw my first Cadbury cream egg commercial. That means uh, the season's upon us, the Easter season. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's right. And, and also saw, we've been talking, we're, we're big Reese's Peanut Butter Cup fans, obviously, and the eggs the the eggs out. The, I'm a, the non-denominational uh, eggs. not Easter eggs, just the egg. I, I, just the egg. It's not the Christmas tree, it's just a tree. 
I'm pro I'm pro Reese's peanut butter cup, but I give them a lot of tough love. Uh, you better be pro peanut butter cup. And we've cup. talked about this before. I think the idea of a peanut butter cup is fantastic. My problem is, is that most of the Reese's peanut butter cups that I have purchased in the past five years have been absolute dog trash. Just shit. And uh, it's because when you get a fresh Reese's peanut butter cup, I don't care if I've said this before, the outer chocolate should be shiny and it should it should have a snap to it. It should be noticeably different in texture between the peanut butter and the chocolate. When peanut butter cups sit around for too long, and the fact that you mentioned this, the, the sign of a peanut butter cup that is no good, past its prime, you should not eat it, is uh, it gets a cloudy Middle. center. It's like a ring. It yeah, starts to get cloudy. It gets dried it, it out. It loses yeah. the shine on the top. There's that, that, that You delish... should be able to press into your peanut butter cup a little bit, into the meaty center, into the, into the flesh. It, yeah, and it should, it should crack. Uh, you should not... It should have moisture in it. It shouldn't be dry. Your fucking... Your, your chocolate should not be a... F- Fudgy, sludgy mess. It's sure. disgusting. You're falling off, Betty, and come <sighs> closer to me. Anyway, she'll, she'll love the pet. Yeah, I'm here. Come to your peanut butter daddy. All right. Okay. Anyway. So anyway, so that's good. And now you're a little too far. You, should, you don't need to shift your laptop. The, the angle's all off. <laughs> there you go. Whatever. That's That's good. Fine. Here I am. <laughs> here I'll be. Now we're symmetrical. Here I'll stay. Okay. Um, I went to the swap meet for the first time with Frank and Frank's buddy, Richard. Uh, about the same age as Frank, they're like in the early seventies. So the the hippies, the hippies. Have I met Richard? I don't think you met Richard. He's 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 been coming around more the past couple of years. He's he was from uh, Massachusetts, and moved out here. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and he was a thespian. He was a thespian. Ah. And um, so Frank and him got double shots, like uh, a week and a half ago. So more than a week and a half ago, so they're, they're so they're good to go. They're COVID shots, so they were excited. So they came out. I said, okay, I'm gonna go. I hadn't been since, since I think August been a while since yeah. I went. And this is how you know I'm done with it. I didn't get up at 6.30 or even 7. I got up at 8.30 <laughs> and I was like, do I really got to go? I don't care what deals I missed out of. And there's, there's still, <clears throat> it's definitely hit or miss, the definition of you might hit, hit something or get nothing. In the past, it was, Pat, you're going to find something or what, so you better get up because now you have OCD if you don't go. There was, remember, there's a time for about a year and a half, two years. I went every Saturday and Sunday. Ian knows this. I went both days. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, because it was it was like you're losing money by not going to the swap meet because the stuff you'd find. Yep, you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna find like a fucking uh, a bag of games for fifteen twenty dollars. Like that was still happening like two thousand eleven, two thousand even two thousand twelve. Yeah, and you said stuff. you felt like if you didn't go, you were yes in the toy that's, stuff. That's when you were gonna miss something. Yes, good. yeah. I got so many GI Joes, carded GI Joes. I buy for like five ten dollars each from the eighties. I got airtight. 1985 G.I. Joe, one of my favorite characters, in on the card for like five, ten dollars. This was like ten years ago. That's probably worth hundreds of dollars now. Like plus I love G.I. Joe. I'm not just saying because of the, the value. Because they weren't worth they were worth something ten years ago, not nearly as much. Right. So the point is now it sucks. And now I find stuff that it's like household goods. I get excited about oh, remember I got the I got the I got the ladder like a year and a half ago? I got the little the little yeah. giant. Uh-huh. And I was shopping for that online. I have a weird a prescient force that like oh I'm looking to buy a household thing when I go I find it this has happened more than once Sh- happened with a shoe rack uh, so I was looking for something or thinking about it I was like oh I was talking to my pal Yoshi and I was like oh I might I might want to go for heavier uh, gloves in my heavy bag go up to si- I use 8 ounce gloves go up to 16 ounce to get a little better workout and just to, to switch it up I'm too used to the 8 ounce um, I was looking online I go to swap meet I find that barely use Everlast. I go for like 30 bucks, maybe $33. 16-ounce gloves. I find them, 
And then the guy wants like 15 bucks. Like, okay, I'll come back. It's already 9 a.m. So I know like if this was a huge, huge deal or whatever, you know, it would have been gone, be gone by 9. Sure. But it's like, it's a decent deal of like $15. So I walk around with Frank in, in a little bit and it's just, you know, like I would keep saying the past like five years, six years, it doesn't have the same feel as it used to. There's a new, uh, newer Wario, newer retro uh, young, younger guy, probably like forty, selling stuff. <laughs> a newer Wario. Because well, Wario's suffering. Like he's got like, I, he's got the same NES games in back that are decent, but he probably wants twenty bucks each. No one wants them. No one wants to pay twenty bucks for Super C at the swap meet. You know, oh. um, he used to have a Dragon Warrior two there, but oh, I still look for the super rare ones. That you know, if you ever had a state events back there or a little Samson, or I, I remember I got Zombie Nation the past. But that's pretty much done. It's there. It's a wrap when it comes to that. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'll get back to the gloves in a second. But I'm, I'm tired of dealing with idiots. And the reason I like the swap meet is that you commiserate with all walks of life, mm-hmm. and you, you and you talk to people. But if the past year, if I said this before, the past year exposed how dumb people are over the past, I can't say a couple of years, definitely during the pandemic, where my patience level for dealing with people that deny things is just gone mm-hmm. entirely. But it's happened though with people that I somewhat respect or thought were smart. So, the, so are you laughing for? So there's it, there's a couple of sellers of people I'm familiar with that you know they're not wearing their mask, and one's behind a, a curtain. I think I might have brought this one up before, like the, like the sort of like neo Confederate pusher guy. Oh, uh, the, the, the hippie that's like the worst type of hippie. Yeah, yeah, I fucking I, hate those hippies. But I still so try to be friendly with them because it's like okay, I've known this guy for like no, 10, 12 years. No, it's not worth it. But he he but he even he though has come around. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna get vaccinated. But then he brings up like, but I heard about a woman who had a heart attack after she got vaccinated. And it's okay. There are m- millions upon millions of people getting these vaccinations. Normally, people are gonna have heart attacks or something bad happen. People are like, Robin, you're about. Oh, people are getting blood clots. People get blood clots anyway. Way. Yeah, it's not like this is suddenly happening. If 17 people out of millions get a blood clot, that's probably like the normal percentage, if not lower. Like, so I'm tired of dealing with these people. I just try. I'm like, okay, yeah, she had a heart attack. Okay, okay, get a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, after she got her COVID shot. You think she's gonna have to get that shot? You get that heart attack anyway, heart, or a stroke? She I had, had that shot. That heart attack never would have happened. So I'm done with that. And another guy, <sighs> another guy I like, um, <sighs> has his mask down, walking around. It's like in defiance, kind of. And he's like, ah, you know, I'm not gonna worry about getting the vaccination. I'm healthy enough, and I'm not too old. And I'm like, I, I, I asked how old he was. I was mm-hmm. forgetting. He's in his late fifties. It's not young, and the guy's not in the best shape. So I'm just like, come on, man! Don't don't put yourself through this. Get the fucking shot. This isn't. I didn't mean to go this direction, but come on. And these are people I have to try to like, right? That I don't want to deal with anymore. So I want to get the shot. That's that's about. I want to get the shot. <laughs> Supposedly you can try to go online and like talk about eating and go on like Rite Aid or whatever at Walgreens and try to see if you qualify, even if you're younger. So. Yeah, a lot of people <clears throat> I know, and it's not just in California, it's everywhere, are basically going to the scheduling websites <sighs> and just, they're being honest about, you know, their, what, what they do as a job. But uh, I think if you just throw enough attempts at various sites, they're so going to find know. a way to squeeze you because they don't want to waste the vaccine. That's true. So I think what they do yeah. is they basically look at it and they, they look at everyone who has applied for the vaccine for that day and they go through it. And if there's more vaccines than are necessary for the um, people who are like in the proper well, age brackets, come on they, in. they tell you to come on down and get They don't care shot. if you're 12. Come on in. Right. You know, come on in. So I got to look into that. Uh, so anyway, back to the boxing gloves. I go back to the boxing gloves. Yeah. 
<laughs> back to the gloves. Back to the gloves. Uh, and not people who deny science. Back to the gloves. And Frank, um, Frank was not there. I actually met up. With, it was weird. I met up with a couple of guys that I used to pal around the swap meet with. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, was like a, it was like a reunion. Was like, oh, I've been seeing you in forever. And I was like, yeah, I come like twice a year now only. So back to the, I go back to the gloves. He's still, he's still set on 15. I said, give me 10, 15. I was like, okay. It's still a good deal. So I, I go down in the gloves and, I, and I'm, they're like used like once. They still have like the new uh, uh, Everlast leather, fake leatherish smell on them. So I start making sure, like, okay, these like broken on the inside. They're good. And I feel around. I feel, I feel something on the inside of one. I feel something. Like, oh, what is this? Like a silicate gel pack sort of thing? What is this? Pull it out and it's like a dime bag. <laughs> like a third of a Ziploc sandwich bag filled with weed. I don't know if that's a dime anymore or 20 bucks for inflation. And, and it, the guy's by his truck, the seller, guy about probably 35, 40, and looking at me, and I hold it up. Like this. And he doesn't have a response. Like his eyes glazed over. I said, Do you want this back? And he kind of snickered and he got, like, he was embarrassed. Uh-huh. He's like, Oh, yeah. I'm like, Well, it's not illegal anymore if I have this amount, probably. But here's the point it's like, if I was an asshole, I would have looked at it and said, Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it and give you the $15 because I don't know what the weed's worth. Probably 20 bucks, 30 I don't know. Ian, you're the weed guy. How much I, is that much weed worth? I, I would have to have like, seen it. Like, I, a, third, like a third of a, of a sandwich bag. It would highly depend on quality. Twenty to sixty dollars. You can roll like ten joints. I don't know. I'm not a joint expert. You know? if, it, if it was a quarter, depending on the quality. If it was a quarter, I'm using, pa- I'm using depend- pat math here. I don't depending know. Depending on the qual- quality, uh, yeah, you're paying anywhere from like fifty to a hundred for that. Okay. Probably. Here's the point. I don't smoke weed. I could give it away, but I don't know the quality. Frank does. It. Frank is set. Trust me. Frank has his sources. Frank wouldn't need it. But I was honest. I gave it back. So you know what? He let me get it for 12 bucks because I was honest. I've smoked Frank's weed before. Good quality stuff. Yeah, right? he usually has good stuff. Well, he isn't. He, in the past, he didn't grow it. Now he's growing it. Oh, is he? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So here's the, the point was, it's like he finally, because I was honest, because most people just take the weed. Yes. I was honest. I said, come on. I even said, come on. I gave this back to you. <laughs> and he's like, okay, 12 bucks. So there you go. That's very nice of you. What if it was something harder? What if it was like Coke? I was like, oh. <laughs> Not that I would do it. I'd be curious. Yeah. Coke curious? I'd ingest it. You ingest it, and then you know, there's, there's very little uh, harmful side effects because of chemicals. Like coca leaves. That, that's not really not negative side effects to that. You just get a, you get a little buzz. Like Coca-Cola. That's what it comes from. Sorry. Not breaking new ground. You know what's breaking new ground, though? Zack Snyder's Justice League. Please tell us about and it. And this is where I, I earned my pay in the CU podcast. And I actually, I'm going to put it for hazard pay to the CU podcast bosses. I appreciate I, you uh, taking this one for the team. Because I really didn't want to. I almost didn't. <laughs> but people, everyone's asking about this. It seems like this is... Zack Snyder and the DCEU will never leave the podcast. It's like the... It's like that cousin that you have to hang out with every once in a while you can't stand before you jump into it let me just state my piece because i don't have much to say on this what i have heard about and and you can verify this or or you can you can confirm or deny okay what i have heard just uh, like this ufo my into the am shirt (laughs) what i have heard uh it is uh, and this is from people whose takes i generally agree with um it is better but still bad and it is too long However, I am happy that people who wanted this are getting to see it. I hope they enjoy it. Well, but I uh, that's that's pretty much that's that's this is, I, I'm never going to watch it. Zack Snyder's Justice League is both the best argument for and against directors having car blanche on their project. Yeah, because 
if Zack Snyder got to finish his original movie, it would have probably been a better movie than the Joss Whedon version. Sure. Even if it was like two and a half hours, because the Joss Whedon one's like two ten or two. It's it, it's quick and zippy and, and light and fluffy and, and forgettable. I saw it on a plane probably like at like one in the morning and I couldn't sleep. I saw it on a plane. As I think I even uh, said at the time, and I, and I haven't seen the original, 210 seems like an insanely short movie for the amount of characters they're trying to cram into. It's it. something like 210. Yeah, that's 215. It's not. Uh, if, 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 they, let's put it this way. They would not have allowed a three-hour Zack Snyder's Justice League movie. They, the, the studios would not. They would have given it maybe two and a half hours at most. Probably two four. Sure. Like, they just didn't at that time. This is remember. Two, this is this was 2017. This is this is before Infinity, uh, Infinity War. Uh, this is before Endgame. The ones that and Endgame was like three hours, and that was the longest one. Uh, even Civil War though was like under two and a half hours. You know, so like this this would not have gotten that release. So um, this is what I'm going to say about this movie. It's it's 73 percent on the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a lot lower on the like on like the top critics. Uh, this, Rotten Tomatoes has like people from the internet with like, you know, like vlogs that qualified to be on the tomato meter. I don't know. It seems like everyone. It's everyone. It, it, it it's 200, everyone. 233 reviewers. I think this was the case of extremely low expectations combined with a hype machine to get this thing seen. So here's the pros. It's, and I'm going to say this. This is like a C plus. It's like a six out of 10. It's not terrible, but it's not a good movie still. <laughs> okay, it's just not. It doesn't. It doesn't come out as a good movie. Here's the pros and cons. Here's the improvements from the Joss Whedon version, if what I remember. Uh, well, first of all, no rubber Superman lip. Like I don't know why they had to reshoot that shit. They, that was a, a, a rule because you only could keep a certain amount of percentage. Like with Superman two, they went back and reshot right. almost all of Donner stuff and only kept like twenty five percent. That's the same thing. They supposedly the, the Whedon version had like twenty five thirty percent of, of Snyder stuff. The rest was reshot. So pros and cons. Uh, the villain Steppenwolf is a lot better. Looks a lot better. He looked horrible, like a fucking PS3 villain in the, in the Joss Whedon version. Looks better, is given more characterization, different voice, and it's like a, it's not really a backstory, but this is spoilers, by the way. Who fucking cares? Um, spoil away. Spoil it. Um, he, the Steppenwolf villain has like a little sort of like you can, backstory in terms of like he failed Darkseid in the past, um, and so he wants to get back in his good graces. They don't explain the details, but that's why he wants to help conquer Earth. And get the fucking uh, three uh, plot device boxes, and you put the three plot device boxes together. It creates the the unity, and that means Dark Side uh, can easily take over the world instead of doing it by force. Okay. That, that's basically what it is. You can easily do it that way with energy and some bullshit. <laughs> um, and there's also a Dark Side in the movie. He wasn't in the Joss Whedon one, so he's he's there. That's probably a good thing to have. I'll get into the the good and bad of that he shows up as you know the Thanos type of character. They're basically the same character, uh, and he wants to take over all the worlds and he wants to find the anti life, the anti life um, formula, which is embedded on the Earth somehow. And when, when you have that formula, it turns everyone into zombies. It doesn't kill everyone like Thanos. It turns into zombies. You shouldn't have free will. That's basically dark side's thing. Gotcha. So, so um, so that's good. Cyborg actually being a character is great because he got the shaft in the Joss Whedon version and there's people talking about why he did this and that was that people didn't he didn't get along with Ray Fisher it might have been a CG thing because Cyborg's all CG showing up less but Cyborg is an actual character with an arc in this version so Ray Fisher did get shafted big time right he he is sort of the glue that sort of holds it together in this version 
Yeah, I've he heard w- that it's kind of... Like, I saw someone say that it was his story. Or if you had watched yeah. the previous one, this one kind of yeah. comes off as centric on him because he got nothing in the first one. Yeah, it's him and, and uh, the father who, was, who basically was the same character in, in Terminator 2. It was the guy who played... You know that guy who played, played the guy at um, Cyberdyne? That, that, that... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's the father. I think his name's Silas. There's a lot more of that. Too much so, which I'll get into. So that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Um, here's the bad part. It's th- it's without credits over three hours, 50 minutes. It's a four-hour movie. There's no reason for this to have been a four-hour movie. None. Every single thing probably from Zack Snyder's script ended up in the movie, and then some. And then some because they, they shot fresh footage, which I'll get into. They could. I'm not going to be like, oh, they could have cut an hour off this. They could have cut 40 minutes off of this. Sure. Still. Here's the problem, the pacing. So Zack Snyder doesn't know how to use establishing shots for the most part. He likes to linger on shit. So within the first 30 minutes of the movie, there's a couple of things I, I noticed where it goes on way too long, where an established shot, if you don't know, is like showing the location. You're far out. You're sh- you show the city. You show the street. So th- there was the scene in the, in the, in the Joss version, uh, the bank, the bank robbing scene with Wonder Woman, because otherwise there's no action in the first like 40 minutes of the movie, 45 minutes. Um, so... They show like a helicopter or drone shot, probably a helicopter over whatever. It's like London or some British uh, city. And then, so okay, you got a style shot. It goes on for like 15 seconds, flying around. Then it comes in like medium where it shows it in the street and the car pulling up, the van pulling up with, with the, the, the bank robbers or they really want to set up a bomb. Then there's another shot establishing this. So, so this is like 35 seconds before these guys pull up, pull up and get out of the van to go to the bank. That could have been like 15 seconds. Versus, hey, Pat, it's only 35 seconds. Yes, but that shit adds up really quickly over a four-hour movie. 15 seconds here. 20 seconds here. Seeing um, Bruce Wayne on his horseback on the mountains. Beautiful shots on the vistas going to wherever he's visiting uh, Aquaman. Uh, It's somewhere in Russia. It's like Siberia. He's going there. Some little fishing town somewhere out there. There's so much of these shots of just walking towards stuff and things where it's like, come on. Let's go. Uh, and then, like, when Aquaman goes into the water, the, the townspeople do, like, this little chant, like, like, like they're worshiping him. They chant this little song. The song goes on for almost, like, a minute. It's, like, 45 seconds of them chanting this. And Bruce was looking around, like, well, this is weird. Yeah, it's weird. They, they, all you need is, like, five, ten seconds of that, and you cut it. Yeah, we get it. So, it, <laughs> so this is where you need an editor, and you don't need a, This is where it's a, it's a bad director's cut. And I'm not even talking about uh, little extra, like, little scenes that don't make any sense or aren't needed, like there's a conversation. Uh, Martian Manhunter's in this, in two scenes. They're, and both aren't needed. Uh, definitely not the first one, though. The first one is a conversation. The Martian Manhunter it was the was the general from Man of Steel, if you remember that. Yeah. Not Christopher Maloney, the African-American fellow. Right. It was him. He shows up and, uh, t- for no reason, talks to Lois Lane, who gets a lot more scenes. Some are needed, some are not. Talks to Lois Lane... And then walks out in the hallway and turns into Martian Manhunter for no reason. Just to say, oh, there he is. He doesn't do, any, he doesn't do anything in the movie. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't sh- show up to fight. He's, that's it. Oh. You didn't need that. That was a minute scene. You didn't need that scene at all. At all. It was just, oh, Clark is uh, sad about Clark. Okay, I'm leaving. And he walks in the hall. Don't need that scene. Don't need the fans. Don't care. It doesn't mean anything. Don't need it. And then... The Jared, like it, uh, so cheap pop basically. Yes, it's there for no reason. But okay. I'll, but I'm looking at my watch like this is my Saturday watching this movie. Well, I was gonna say I, I feel like in this I had to watch it in two parts too. Uh, 
But it gets better. Uh, yeah. There's there's an epilogue. And by the way, it's so pretentious, it's split into six parts where it stops and cuts to a black screen and has a title saying part four, bad people fight good people. Part seven, epilogue. I'm looking at my watch or, or the computer. I'm like, wow, there's like <laughs> 25 minutes left to go. Return. This ha- I think I tweeted, this has more false endings than Return of the King. I don't think I'm kidding about that there's like a, there's Return a mo- the king is like there's a there's like four that. endings this had like five there was a montage ending which was all the heroes going back to their own thing on their own which is like okay this is a nice ending and it ends with uh clark opening up his shirt uh, he wears the black suit in this one which i, I it's, it's cool i don't see why joss changed it he should have kept the black suit whatever people like the black suit he had it in the comics when it came back to life opens up the shirt and the ass and it pans in oh that's the ending oh no it's not there's 20 more minutes to go there's 20 more fucking minutes to go at this point. So there's a... Then it goes to the original post credit scene. Uh, Luther gets out of jail. And then he's on a boat. And then Deathstroke comes. Played by Joe Mangiolo. Mangiolo the guy from Magic Mike. Th- that guy. One of those guys. Um, the, who was, was, was originally was going to be the Batman standalone with Affleck versus Deathstroke. Right. So that scene is not needed anymore. Because that's not happening. happening. It's not. So we're just putting that stuff we're in there to put it, it on it. Right. We're tacking the post credit scene in the epilogue. But now we're going again, we're now we're now we're going to something else. Now we're going to the to the to a future, a post apocalyptic future where I guess where it's it's Batman hanging out with uh, Mira, um, who's uh Aquaman's uh girlfriend buddy. She has the, the powers yeah. pushing the water. Um and then also with Deathstroke we just saw hanging out with them now. And then also uh, Flash in like a different suit. And there's like a beam in the distance and it's all a wasteland. So this, I guess, is the uh, is a reality where, where Darkseid won. But then they show up to the Joker scene. Or Batman, they, they go, we have to talk to Joker. For, and I'm trying to figure out what's happening. What is happening here? This movie should be over. And then there's a, there's a five to six minute conversation with Joker and, and Batman... Or they, they establish a truce by giving him a Joker card. I can't make up how bad this writing is. A truce for Bruce. <laughs> and gives him a card. And the, all I'm thinking about is what is happening? Why are they going to talk to the Joker? Is the Joker going to help him defeat Darkseid? The Joker's just a guy in, in, in clown makeup with some joy buzzer stuff that electrocutes you. He's a normal guy. He ain't going to help you. got some smarts, but that's about it. He's not going to help me defeat Darkseid. Right. He's not going to tip the, tip the scales. <laughs> And it doesn't do anything. And then what happens? It's a dream sequence. Bruce wakes up. So this is a new, some of the new stuff they shot. This right. is some of the new stuff because they brought back Jared Leto and 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 some of the actors. Just this was a, this was a master report, masturbatory jerk off scene. That's redundant. Just to do it, Affleck gets up and he's on he's on a lake, a nice place. Then guess who shows up? Martian Manhunter shows up. Say hey, I've been watching you guys. And it's time for me to help. I don't know why I didn't help before, because the world was going to end. And then he flies off, and that's the real end of the movie. And I was like, this movie had such a chance for me to just to like it until it just became, I'm just going to, as he was go, jerk off all over the place. It was it was a jerk off movie. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Well. Pacing was awful. Uh, the character is still... Get better, get better and worse. Uh, Aquaman does not mean to me in the movie at all. Aquaman does fucking does fuck all, does fuck all in the movie. 
He stops water once with his trident. That's all he does. Says my man. He still says my man. They change it. It's not. It's no longer the ride ain't over yet. My man. It's you're welcome, my man. So it's a little more subtle. Uh, no, no booyah stuff from Cyborg. Like it's a little more grounded. He's like a real character. That's good. It's it's a, yeah, yeah. The writing is still bad. That's the problem with this. The writing is still bad, and the, and the pacing is bad. So, and there's not going to be a continuation of this, of this branch of the DCEU. That's done. Right. They, they said that. They're just trying to say, well, we can get that sequel, post-apocalyptic, like what, what, what if sequel? That's really Affleck's dream. And it's just no. There's no reason. This should have been a three-hour movie. I would have liked a lot more if it was three hours and cut out. To, say, to, to, to have a title saying epilogue, and then you have 20 to 25 more minutes to go. That that was it for me. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's <laughs> a pretty long epilogue. <clears throat> you got to be kidding. But Flash got a little bit more. He got a nice scene that should have been there originally. I'm not saying the Joss Whedon version is better. I'm not saying that. But this version needed an editor. This, the, this version needed an editor, and someone say, Zach, Zach, baby, enough. We don't need we don't need Jared Little, Jared Little Joker Jesus in this. <laughs> Jared Just, Little Joker Jesus. He's not coming back as a character. Walk, they'll, they'll, they'll force Joaquin in it or recast again. It's it's fine. I know I know we wanted to see Deathstroke. We don't see that movie. That's basically what it was. I'm going to throw everything in here just to do it. It was fan. It was multiple. It was a uh, fan service. That's all it was. All right. I like Pizza Hut. Ian. They're doing a. They're doing a. <laughs> Pac-Man augmented reality thing. <laughs> yep. That's so they're neat. doing commercials. They were doing commercials for it with Craig Robinson. You know Craig Robinson. Um, sure. And then oh, he's playing. He was playing on a cocktail. Pac-Man saying, like, yeah. "Oh, I, imagine eating just all those dots. I like eating Pizza Hut or something." I was like, "Why are they doing this, Pac-Man? It's make any sense on a cocktail? It's like a forty-year-old thing. I couldn't figure it out." At the the time. only reason I can think of is because if you talk to people, and I know that my local Pizza Hut had one. Lots of people, in my experience, seem to have memories of Pac-Man cocktail tables at Pizza Huts. That was a thing. They, they, so my only, my only, but it, it's that's like a that's a weak link. But the only reason I could think of them 40, having that is, just, years is because old people like us tend to remember them having cocktail tables at Pizza Huts. You would remember that in the late eighties. I'm still having that. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's not. Well, that's it's also not... the only place I ever saw a Pac-Man Junior arcade machine. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's not why they did this. So they're, they're doing an augmented reality little app thing, where um, your pizza you get has a Pac-Man board on the on the front of it, and you use your phone to play a Pac-Man game using the Pizza Hut box. They don't mention that in the commercial. I thought that was funny. Like, okay, that's actually clever. That makes sense. Yeah, that's neat. That makes sense. That's all it is. There you go. It's peak peak retro. This, which happened started happening like five years ago, 2016. It was like retro is mainstream now, everyone. 15, it's definitely 16 with the NES Classic. It's, it's mainstream now. You want to plug some goods? Yeah, I want to augment your reality at ultimatenintendo.com uh, where you could uh, you can get certain NES and SNES guidebooks. You can get pins, RBI baseball stickers. You can get T-shirts. We got some T-shirts left in limited sizes. You know what you can't get there anymore? What's that? Wristbands. You sold them all. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping the last two. Why'd you bring that up for? I don't know. Just you can't get those there anymore. I sold them out after sold them out. I sold them out last year after about a decade. Not quite <laughs> eight just years. With you. Yes. No, no, you can no. You can always say, "Oh, you're never going to sell those." No, I sell them. Well, some got <laughs> stolen out of convention. That's all the conversation. <sighs> Who steals wristbands? 
I don't know. It was a bundle of them there. They stole like 75 wristbands. It's one of those things where you walk so I, like, I so I still would have had them. I swear to God, you get like two tables away and you go, why the fuck did I do that? Like, who does that Because shit? they were there. They weren't hidden. Right. That, that was like 2000. That was like 2015. That was, that was, that was pre, pre-NES book. That's how I define my life. Pre-guidebook times. <laughs> and I'm also on Cameo. Cameo.com slash Pat Contry. And Twitch, Wednesday night, twitch.tv slash Contry Code. It's heating up. It's heating up. It's heating up. But real quick on the cameo thing, real quick story on the cameo. Uh, if you if you if you want to get a cameo request, I will tell you what not to to request here. <laughs> okay. um, I'm not going to say the identity. It was a woman that requested this, and if they hear this, I'm sorry. It's too funny. So uh, it was, you can send a request straight up, or you can send a DM. Uh, which there's a, there's you know sometimes you can charge or not. So they said, hi, I was wondering if you could do a video for my friend's birthday. If possible, can you show the soles of your feet in the video? <laughs> it's, an, it's an inside joke. LOL. No. <laughs> she can't stand it when her boyfriend puts his bare feet near her. LOL. So can you put yours right in front? Um, so, of course, I was a little skeptical about this request <laughs> for the friends. Yeah. LOL. Yeah. Showing it's these, a joke. Showing these, not just feet, the soles. soles of your feet. Yes. Very specific, right? Mm-hmm. Not it just, is. oh, your boyfriend doesn't like feet. Soles of your Very feet. Very fetishy. Um, so, this was my response here. I try to be reasonable. Um, I, try, I try to do the right thing. I try to give people a chance. You know, I try to make sure that I'm not, you, know, you got to treat people with respect a little bit. But there's also a line. So I said, um, no, no, I, I, I don't. I, I, I can't do that. <laughs> no. And then the response, then why have a cameo? Uh, <laughs> this isn't an OnlyFans. My cameo is not for showing my feet. This isn't OnlyFans. That's exactly what I said, Ian. <laughs> and then the response was, WTF, this isn't a fetish request. <clears throat> we're, we're, we're both huge fans, and I thought it would be a funny gift for someone going through so much right now. Kind of sucks. <laughs> well, uh, Souls of my feet <laughs> is not funny. And that definitely is a fetish, for, I guess, for both men and women. That's the thing. So, Oh, it's absolutely know. a fetish thing. Yeah, it's a massive fetish well, thing. If it was just feet, I would have been like, okay, feet. Because like my ex didn't like my feet. Guys' feet are disgusting. They I still wouldn't have done gross. it. So I wouldn't think it was a fetish request. <laughs> soles of the feet. Yes, that's a yes, fetish. Request. That's a little fucking. That's specific. very specific. That's a little because specific. the soles. The soles are, are, are as ugly. They're like oh, some people like so. I don't know why. I, I, you know, I'm not judging. We don't need soul. to talk about it. I, no, we don't. I don't understand it. But we I don't can, need I can, to talk I confirm about with this the, anymore. I confirm with a friend who's on OnlyFans. And, and and she said, oh yes, that's always the thing. Like it's always the, the request for the friend. That's like a thing. It's for the friend. It's not for me. It's not for me. It's for my friend. It's for a friend. It's a friend. My friend wants to see your pictures of your armpit. I don't know. Which is also a fetish. It's a fetish for everything. Sorry about that. All right. We'll skip the scumbag seller pissed at Pat. But the scumbag seller who's, who was uh, wanted $800 for the signed book of me, Ian, is pissed at Pat. You can go look it up on, on eBay and search for it. A uh, little pissy at Pat. Um, so we're going to bring up GameStop real quick. They're, they're going through, a, a, I guess, a strategy change potentially with the, the Chewy uh, CEO that came on board, or ex-CEO, and bought 13, his 13% of the shares and trying to force the board of directors to see his vision of basically becoming a digital you know, a digital a storefront. Right. A trusted digital storefront. Get rid of physical, which is solid if this was 2010. That would have been a great, or 2012 would have been a great strategy to do that. Yeah, if it was, if it was 2010, 
and you started to make that transition, um, you know, and you had 10 years to get people kind of in the mindset that this is where you go to buy games online. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could have been something that could have helped GameStop at least stay relevant for a little bit longer. I don't know how long, but trying to, it's like we talked about when they said they wanted to do the, um, like the, the gamer experience stores. Uh, these are things that might not have been bad ideas had you done them before you were on your last lifeline. So now it's been coming out. That's pretty much a problem. Is that like he has this, you know, the CEO and members of the board that are so tied to oh, bringing back the physical space and doing when that's clearly not working. No, clearly hasn't worked. And so, which I'm not sure this is going to work. This is a better strategy. And he did it for with Chewy because Chewy somehow became like the go-to. St- place for for pet supplies and food right so you want to do that with GameStop, but it's too late and GameStop doesn't have that reputation for being the online retailer correct you know that's the thing um so it's interesting i don't think it's going to work uh this is what is his name cohen what's his first name uh, ryan cohen billionaire co-founder former chief executive of of chewy Ugh. so he, he basically sent an email email saying um uh nobody has attempted to respond except a muddled voicemail uh, with no distinguishable callback number extension, e-commerce requires a customer support team and processes that are responsive. So he's obsessed with customer service, which is good. And he, he's basically trying to—he's basically trying to just rewrite how the company works. But it's an uphill battle, yeah, for him to do that. So I'd say sell your stock now that it's high and get out, uh, Ryan. Get out. Don't don't sink your time into this. But that's just me. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I think one of the things in this article, this is from Reuters, is that it's a, a quicker trade-in process via online. You don't like come in the store. You can just mail in. Right. And it's like, yeah, I guess that could work. Uh, in theory, that, that would create a lot of issues and a lot of infrastructure you would need. Because like, it didn't work with the retro and having the centralized hub that they sent everything to in order to clean and right. repair. That, I talked about how much of a disaster that was. Now you got to do that with all the new stuff. And you still have the problem of eventually there won't be any new stuff anyway. So, yeah, for the most part. Which will pretty yeah, you're going to run out of physical. Yeah, it will. That's all I have in the GameStop shit. Let's talk about Evo real quick, Ian. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Evo, the um, probably the biggest, I would say, biggest fighting game tournament. Um, there's a U.S. Uh, Evo and there's a Japanese Evo. Um, well known Evolution. among people who are play who play fighting games. Uh, Evo was the tournament was just bought by uh, Sony. Um, so this is this is big news, but as of right now, it doesn't look like it's actually going to change much about the tournament itself. Um, you know, last year Evo was canceled because of COVID. Then they went to go do an online only uh, Evo tournament, and that got canceled um, because one of the uh, original members. Um, got in trouble uh, for uh, we uh, talked about allegedly. this briefly. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, basically hooking up with underage kids allegedly allegedly um so they uh shit canned his ass and got him out of there and uh we're looking forward to you know getting it back on track this year um and sony has now bought it and it's going to happen in august so this is a a shake-up it's a turnaround for evo uh, online in august right it's not gonna be I, I believe it's online yeah. in august um they're keeping the two uh, original heads of evo uh in place and they're not it, i mean so far it sounds like it's going to be just fine they're not limiting um the games that will be played 
um, people are you know were concerned because Smash isn't shown for this Evo, and they're like, oh well, now that Sony owns it, they're not going to let people play Smash. That's not it. Um, Smash is not optimized for online at all. They weren't going to have it last year when it was online only for that same reason. Sure. Um, so you know, once Evo is back in person, yeah, it's probably likely you'll st- see stuff like Smash. Um, they've said that you know that's not going to affect. Um, you know, Sony's Sony's ownership of it is not going to affect what can be played at the tournament. They're going to basically let it continue on as it always did. So that means that potentially things like Killer Instinct, which is a Microsoft property, you would be able to see. Uh, Smash Brothers, you would still be able to see. So I guess it begs the question, like, what is Sony looking to get out of this deal? Um, obviously, there's some revenue, but it's like, why is it worth their time? To, to get into this business. I, I think and- I think it's to uh honestly I think it's to kind of solidify themselves as the um fighting game fans brand. Uh the last generation uh fighting game players tended to gravitate towards Sony uh because it was the it's the only system that had Street Fighter Five. It was the only system that had Guilty Gear. Um, okay. It was the only system, I believe. I believe it was the only system to have King of Fighters fourteen. So, so it's, it's so, promote their, their gaming stuff as well, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 like stuff. I said, it, it's to keep it's to keep Sony in the mind of the fighting game community. Um, I think they're looking. They look at it as a a good way to strengthen their brand. Yeah, I forgot about well, it was Street Fighter Five. That was timed exclusive, right? No, it, Street Fighter Five was. Oh, it came to Windows. But who cares about Windows? Okay, yes. Okay. I, in terms of console, it was exclusive. Okay, so that is a big deal. Yeah. So, so okay, so they make sure they're, they're whatever fighting game exclusives they have are going to be there, I mean, Yeah, and I'm not sure that they'll... Uh, nec- I'm not sure what will be kept exclusive in this next generation, but like I said, it's to just keep Sony in the mind. But it's also maybe then those fans. a play and making sure nothing gets exclusive to Microsoft or fighting is maybe... Sorry, but you know what? You know, you're not on our console. Maybe we, we can't slot you in this year. Maybe. You know, maybe we can't slot in uh, that, that Killer Instinct or whatever the hell. Whatever else Microsoft has as is as exclusive fighting game. Well, I don't know anything besides Killer Instinct. Is there something else? No, I don't. Uh, no, because that no. So there's maybe, maybe man being cynical, but that's always the thing. You know, maybe oh, we can't fit that. We're, we're going to fit in the game about uh, little children fighting each other in the playground instead. I don't know. So, well, that's interesting. It's interesting. I wonder how much they bought it for. It wasn't disclosed. Yeah, I don't think it was mentioned. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, we have some Super Switch news. Not enough to be a main topic. This is why we put this stuff in the intro. People ask, why you put this intro? Because it's it's so quick and dirty. Sure. So we talked about how the OLEDs were getting made, 720p, 7-inch screens. Now we have potential inf- information about the NVIDIA chip that's going to be used, which we knew was going to be NVIDIA before. They're switching from the Tegra chip. It's going to have what's called, I didn't know it was a thing, DLSS support, which is proprietary to NVIDIA. So what does that mean? So um, it uses, uh, this is above my pay grade from this article from The Verge, it uses makes use of neural networks to reconstruct game images in real time at a higher quality. Wow. 
Different versions of the technology have variously relied on the GPU's tensor cores and training the AI in specific games. But the upshot is that you can render a game at a lower traditional resolution and get a much higher output with minimal performance penalty. If there ever was something for Nintendo to go after for their hybrid console, it's this. This is big news if this works. This is big. Big, 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 big. Because when you go from... When you talk about resolution, it's not... You're talking about dramatically increasing the the the, uh, the power you need to render this stuff. When you go from, you know, 480p to 720p, that's, uh, what is that, 50% more details, you know, th- than that, uh, or more, probably more than that, if you do the actual math. So, th- it quickly scales up. If you can somehow keep the power you need on your system lower than what the actual output looks like, you can do anything, then, or do a lot more. That's incredible. So if it's a 720p output on your screen, we'll just say for Breath of the Wild, maybe you're only actually, uh, the, the game is actually only running at 480. So then you get better frame rate, but it still looks 720. And your 4K, uh, maybe you're only running that at uh, 1080p really in essence, or in between 1440, but it looks 4K. So it's a lot less strain on, on your guts. Uh, uh, so that's <laughs> less strain on your guts. That's what it is. That's what it's doing. That's inc- I didn't know this was a technology. This is incredible that this can do this. It's you, you promoting are- good gut health. Yes, good gut. Good, good, yeah, it's like having a yogurt. probiotics. It's having a yogurt in the moment. Good for your internal. Did you know flora. about this technology? I didn't know this was a thing. No, I did not. This is fairly new. It was introduced uh, with Nvidia's RTX 20 series GPUs. This is a game changer. That means you'll you'll be you'll get closer to getting um, your 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 uh, you know if you want, your your cyberpunk type of games, you'll be able to do it. In theory, or a lot closer to doing it, get something similar, or, because yeah. the game the game will be running it at a lot lower resolution than what your eyes are seeing. That's that's awesome. Computers, huh? Computers, AI Nifty. stuff, neat. Yeah. No, this this is great. I'm finally my prediction is going to come true. We're going to see the new GTA on on the Switch. <laughs> I, I thought we'd see that with our Switch, but now you can probably do it. You can probably do it. Excuse me. You can run it like a potato. But then it'll look look like a real potato. No, it'll look like a like a baked potato. What? <laughs> Moving on before Pat gets further into that They're analogy. Um, so big big news in terms of uh, preservation. Uh, Project Deluge uh, is happening. What's Project Deluge? Project Deluge is seven hundred over seven hundred PlayStation Two. Well. Project Daily is bigger than this, but the uh, first thing that we've gotten from it is over 700 uh, PlayStation 2 prototypes. Um, This was done by Hidden Palace with help from Jason Scott of the Internet Archive, and basically they were able to get a hold of um, a very large collection. Um, Basically, they're working on preserving a very large collection that was acquired by one person. Um, and they've been granted access to it, so they're going through all of it and, um, you know, backing it up uh, and verifying it and putting it out there for people to check out. That, that's, I mean, that's massive. They haven't, so the last time something like this happened, uh, well, they said was 2008 when they released about 1,000 uh, various Sega. Gen, uh, Sega so this is 700 PS2 early builds, prototypes, E3, and press release demos. Holy shit. 
Yeah, I was gonna say. That, so I think like Crash Wrath of Cortex. They said they have an E3 version of that. Um, they've got Spyro. They, 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 Crazy there's, Taxi. There's tons. There's Final literally more than I, I I could even begin to cover here. That's insane. That's a huge. I mean, God, it's like a like a how many PS2 games are? It's like a huge chunk of the library again. Prototypes and early builds. Um, and they've mentioned that you know there are duplicates and stuff like that, but they're tracking all that. They've got tables and stuff that you can use to compare. Um, Eight hundred and fifty gigabytes of data. Wow. On the top of the FAQ, it says, how can you help? If you want to help, get a uh, account for the cutting room floor and start downloading these prototypes and checking them against the, the released versions and see what the differences are. Hey, but yeah, this is really exciting. And the it's golden age of game preservation. So that the last like year, year and a half, it's the golden age of, of it's a dawning of Aquarius. Yeah. Uh, age of Aquarius. It, it, this is every, every week. It's like we have to start ignoring this stuff. Like I just saw this morning. They're like, oh, we found Euphoria NES prototypes. It's like a couple of different builds. It's like, okay. So it's like every other day now. There's this stuff. It's great. It is. It's great. All I had to do was shame. We had to just shame some people here and there, and other people do that. And that, that's all. Everyone's working together. It's fantastic. I'm not saying it's because of that, but it helps. That's all. <laughs> it helps. So being that that's a, a, a PlayStation preservation topic, we will segue into the main... <sighs> podcast. <laughs> Into the main podcast talking about why preservation is good and why it's needed. Uh, the PlayStation 3, PSP and Vita digital stores are uh, it's uh, highly likely that these will be shut down um, this summer. So this was um, thegamer.com has brought this to everyone's attention. Uh, they broke the story. Uh, so what they're saying is July 2nd, the PSP and the PS3 stores will be shut down, and the Vita store will stay open until August 27th. Um, this is bad for any game that has a digital-only release. I think there, there was four or five that were mentioned that I've seen floating around online. Um, but anyone who purchased these games, you want to make sure that you have what you purchased downloaded onto your PSP, your PS3, or your Vita and is kept safe because you won't be able to get it again after the, these stores shut down. Um, and this really does kind of show uh, front and center how important it is uh, for physical copies of these games to exist. Um, and that, you know, depending on the type of game player you are or collector you are, you know, makes you wonder if there is... You wonder? makes you <laughs> makes you wonder if you should be you know buying these digital titles um i personally don't have a huge problem with digital titles on certain systems i understand the risks involved but it is kind of upsetting to see this happen we all know that well, this day is going to come but it's upsetting to see it happen it also means you got to re-download games you bought that are deleted you know you got to go back and get them before that you can't re-download them yes exactly but we're not even talking about the other issue we'll get you yeah um one of the issues i have uh well well i'll get you in that but with PS3 and PSP, um, honestly, I'm surprised to a degree that the stores have been open this long. Um, it's always sad to see it go, but I, I do think they've had a you know a, a long run. But nothing. Fourteen is years for PS3. Yeah, that's a that's a decent run. Nothing lasts forever. We would like it, but nothing does. I think this is going to be a bigger. Pro oh, the other thing is with PSP and PS3, there are tons of physical copies of games out there tons of oh, them sure. you can go out there and you can find them this gets to be a bigger problem when it gets to the vita um the vita was short-lived uh horribly supported by sony especially in the u.s um and the vita because of its poor support 
and the fact that it didn't get a lot of traction in stores, um, lots of these games, the, the, the physical copies aren't in, abun- in the abundance. They're not out there in the abundance that they are for PSP and PS3. Okay. So I think that's going to cause the price of the physical games for this system to skyrocket. Basically, it's going to be a lot harder to track down and get these a different way if you don't have them. If they pull, if they shut down the PS3 store, you can go get a copy of almost any PS3 game you want for five to ten bucks. It's not super expensive. Okay. Vita games are already getting expensive. Um, the physical copies. Once the store is gone, and this is the only way to get those copies, I see that is, becoming a real problem for that market. Is there? I'm looking up. There is a, a viable uh, Vita emulator that exists. If people, I guess go that route if they don't want I mean if they want the physical media though of course I'm just looking for viable ways to play this stuff we're talking about accessibility versus preservation you know different sort of offshoot topics here so alright well that's that's an interesting thing you might you might see you might have to manage your, your prices in stock at the game store well, like I said they're already there are I mean uh, games that would should be 10 15 or, bucks if this was another system like the 3ds like you know they'd be cheap by now they're going for you know 40 50 rpgs are expensive amazing spider-man 2 on the vita is expensive like there's what yeah really just everything physical is getting expensive and um yeah i guess i don't know what the state of vita emulation is but i don't think there's going to be a a a, a, a free option so this is the stores, right? So we just don't know about the the ps3 servers to, to, to play some of these games remember if you have the physical media we're st- it's, it's not as bad as probably the ps4 era or five but you'll still need servers to play some of these games so that's really to me the more important end games when do those get shut down uh for this stuff that's that's obviously that, that's gonna be company to company or maybe sony in concert with someone that's the more important issue to me that really that's more about the preservation to me can you play these games you know at all even if you own them the way you originally could sure i i guess that to me doesn't seem as is crazy of a deal because impressive. online games come and go all the time. It's still not good. No, it's not good. It's not good. I'm uh, just I'm I'm numb to it. You're I numb guess. to it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like oh, I, I I you know I got my Call of Duty game and now I can't even play the damn thing anymore. If it has to connect to a server to verify something or forget about multiplayer, but but you would still be able to do single player. I think. I think that's the thing. I don't know. Some of these games maybe you can't. Maybe 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 it has to ping something. I have no idea. Eventually. You know, was, the servers get shut down on these older games. I mean, you can't play Mario Kart in the Wii. You couldn't play that within, what was that, within eight, nine years? They shut that down? That, that was 40 million copies that damn game sold. You can play Mario Kart on the Wii. You could, Multiplayer. Oh, yeah. Right? No, I, yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, the, That's the, the, We're getting the, to the cutoff where you, you definitely need servers to play some of these games. Sure. Like, it's, it's coming. So, like, when do those get shut down? That's a different issue than the store. The store, I'm like, I don't see that as, a, as a big of a deal. Uh, I, I don't just because again, all, no, no stores, no stores going to be around forever. Like I said, I don't as long as I give you a heads up and say re-download your games, back them up somehow if you can, back them up on a Vita or, or PSP, put them on a put them on a card, I guess. Back them up that way. Yeah, do that. The Vita memory is extremely expensive. Upgrade, get 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 all your patches. Do all you know, that. Sony being assholes, unfortunately. Oh, we always got to have our own proprietary uh, media on every fucking thing we do. Cameras, game consoles. Shut up, Sony. God. Try to control everything, media. Well, work with Blu-ray, I guess. That's about the only thing. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, but this was a, this was an interesting little caveat to this. I saw this uh, tweet by from uh, Imran Khan, news editor at Fanbyte Media. He said, "Sony shutting down old stores is shocking." Jim Ryan has been pretty outspoken in his belief that old games, uh, 
who works for, for Sony, are, are just uninteresting, and he doesn't understand the fascination with preserving them. Uh, he said, when we dabbled with backwards compatibility, I can say it is one of those features that is much requested, but not actually used much. Sony's head of global sales, Jim Ryan, said this uh, said to Time. Understandable enough, but then he goes, that, this is quote, that, and I was at a Gran Turismo event recently where they had PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4 games. He continued, and the PS1 and PS2 games, they looked ancient. Why would anyone play this? Why would anyone, anybody play this? What a fucking idiot. <clears throat> Jim, Jimmy, James, can I call you James? Jim? Um, I call you Jim Jam. You, you cannot erase the history of the media because you don't like it. Because you don't think, you don't personally like it, you don't think others should be able to play some of this stuff or shouldn't. That's ridiculous. I think it's very worrisome that someone um, like that is, 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 is working head of, there. Head of global sales, yeah. yeah. So like Just say, because you don't care does not mean that there aren't valid reasons for people to... It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I don't like the... There's no colors in this movie? Why, why, why would anyone want to watch this? I'll, I'll watch the remake of Casablanca when it comes out. Not the original. They're going to remake Casablanca for years at one point with Sean Penn, by the way. Oh, God. I'm glad they didn't. Um, so, um, I, don't understand, I don't understand this a mentality. It exists. It's even in retro games. People, oh, that game was primitive and things like that. It exists. It's, it's like... Because you don't like the aesthetic or it doesn't appeal to you anymore... Uh, it was it was made in a certain time and place, and it's a part of video game history. And people still actually enjoy playing those games. The original Gran Turismo is still that, that set the groundwork of the like awesome controls of our simulation racer. I remember playing that game like, oh, this is interesting. I can't keep uh, you know. I can't keep uh, Gran Turismo in stock. It's a classic game. If I if I get a copy, I, I mean, I sold I I mean, I, I I sold a copy of Part Two just this past weekend. I, it, when it comes in, it sells. People have strong memories attached to it. They like the game. It's groundbreaking. It doesn't look great. Uh, you know, I mean, comparatively, but it still plays. It doesn't great. have to look great. No, no. it doesn't. And, and I, all the features in the game. I remember playing that. Everyone had that game on a PlayStation. That was a game you bought. And I talk. I've talked about it a few times in the past couple of weeks. I don't even remember what brought it up. But uh, Ridge Racer Type Four is one of the best handling, most fun racing games I've ever played. It's PlayStation One. I, good. Good controls, good gameplay, good yeah. engines. They don't go out so, of style. I'm, I'm not saying that this is because of Jim. They're closing down the stores, but this doesn't help this mentality. Right? It doesn't help. Oh, I don't see the importance of. I don't see the importance of a game that we sold. Uh, you know, they were still making PS2 games in like the late 2000s, like 2009, eight. That's not. That's not like, a, like 40 years ago. Come on, it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't. That was yeah, I, just, I think it's dangerous that there's someone in a company that that's business is video games that looks at them as so disposable. And now looking at the Twitter comments, it's got a lot of this tweet got a lot of play. One person said he isn't wrong. There isn't a single game on these platforms that I would be dying to play. Well, well, yeah, for you, and that's what the next person said. He isn't wrong for you. But many people. This is what Dan responded to this person. He said, but many people play old games. I got finished playing Alice Madness Returns through EA Play on Game Pass. The fact that there are some games you can never experience again or for the first time is sad. And thankfully, he ratioed the fuck out of that person who said he isn't wrong. So, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous, uh, it's a ridiculous stance. But this is a, yes. but this is, exists for music. People go, oh, I don't like that old music. My friend, uh, my cousin, who used to buy all the new Valiant comics, I said, oh, well, check out some of these 70s and 60s Marvel comics. Oh, that's old crap. 
Without this old crap, you wouldn't have these, these shitty Valiant comics. I hope you enjoy me? reading all of your Valiant comics. Yeah, enjoy your <laughs> run of Rye zero to twenty before they cancel it or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Do you meet those people though? Oh, that's an old movie. I'm not gonna watch that. What? You can't get any value out of something that existed before you were born. I don't understand that. I don't understand the mentality. That's a, that's such a tunnel vision of of existence to me. We get people like that, and thankfully nothing recently. But we get people like that in the store, especially before you know old video games um, and collecting and preservation got more popular. Who would come into the store and they'd see a game. Uh, you know, like a Mario Tennis for the N64 at 20 bucks, and they'd, you know, look at it, and they'd be like, oh, this game is great, I love this game, you know, I had so much fun doing it, I'm gonna buy this, and it's, you know, we're gonna, oh, my friends and I, we're gonna stay up for hours, and we're gonna play this again, uh-huh. and I'm like, alright, and they're like, how much is it? And I'm like, 19.99, and they're like, what? But this game is old, and it's like, you just list it off whether you meant to or not, you just list it off every reason why this is worth $20. Sure. But they, they just... Uh, people want it Some still. people can't get it out of their head that, you know, old things can still be worth money. It's, it's, it's a weird mentality, I guess. There are people that experience stuff and don't have nostalgia, don't go back to it, or don't think about it, and there's, I guess they're shocked. Oh, that old stuff? You know. Right. All right, so it's an offshoot thing, but I thought it was interesting that yeah, this, this guy who's head of global sales does not like games that he says, why would anyone play that? They look ancient. Come on, come on, Jim, ancient? Something made in, like, uh, 90s and the 2000s is ancient. You gotta be kidding me. Sorry. Is that it for this topic? That is. This segment of the CU Podcast is brought to you by Into the AM. Ian, you're looking great in your t-shirt. My right thanks, now. Pat. You're looking good, too. You have the Lady Justice shirt. I'm in the Overseer. So Into the AM provided us these shirts, and they make high-quality, premium graphic tees, basic tees, hoodies, and even boxer briefs. They're comfortable, nice fit, nice designs. Frank was jealous of this one because it has the little uh, alien uh, UFO ship on there. He's like, he wanted this this shirt. Yeah, I love this. Bright colors, nice fit. I don't feel like I'm swimming in my t-shirt. Swimming in your t-shirt? Yeah. Check out what they have there on the site at Into the AM. They even have long sleeves. They have uh, graphic prints all over the shirt as well, besides your, your, your normal t-shirts. And right now, right now... They have a bundle deal for graphic tees. You can get three of these tees for $60 or three basic tees for $45. On top of that, right now, you can click on the link in the description on YouTube, or if you're listening to the podcast, you can use code CONTRI, C-O-N-T-R-I, and you'll get 10% off comfortable shirts and gear on their site. It's practically stealing. Again, 10% off. Your order at Into the AM using code Contry, C-O-N-T-R-I, or click on the link in the description. Go look good and feel good with Into the AM. Ian, we like to celebrate milestones and birthdays. We like to celebrate zeros and fives. For video games. That's how we do it. Zeros and fives. We don't do 11s. We don't do 28. We don't do 32. This is our 16s. No. Zeros and fives. And it is a zero anniversary for the Game Boy Advance. It's the Game Boy Advance's 20th anniversary. Yay! Yay! Uh, that stalwart little handheld, it was released in Japan on March 21st, 2001, and in North America on June 11th, 2001. So close enough, we needed a topic this week. We're discussing it. The Game Boy Advance um, was the first, I would say, in my opinion, true successor to... Um, 
the Game Boy. There was the Game Boy, the Game Boy Pocket, and even the Game Boy Color, which added a color screen and uh, a little bit of um, uh, there was a little bit of a bump in computational power there, but not a ton. The Game Boy Advance was um, the first successor to the Game Boy to kind of, I think, refresh itself as something brand new. Yeah. Um, it still had backwards compatibility. It would play all the original Game Boy uh, and Game Boy Color games. Um, and a lot of people were excited at the time. It, it has the power and uh, in, in, it outputs graphics very similar to a Super Nintendo. It, I, I always refer, always refer to it's like a Super Nintendo handheld. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Um, and it was great because you suddenly started to see a lot of uh, Super Nintendo games get remade and put on the system. Things like Donkey Kong Country. Um we're on there. Zelda Link to the Past got released on there as part of the uh, Four Swords pack. Um, so, it, yeah, definitely that power, that level of hardware. Um, the introductory price was, was $99.99, $100. Yep, I remember being amazed that they were selling it for that cheap. Um, and getting one and being immediately disappointed with how bad the screen is. No backlight. I knew how, there was no backlight. How do you do that on a console, Nintendo? How do you do that on a handheld? I don't know. 2001 uh, was the absolute last time you would be able to get away with it, um, as evidenced by the fact that the Game Boy Advance SP, I believe, came out only a year later. Uh, no more than two quick? years, but I think it was, I think it was a up. year later. Uh, I think it was 2002 sometime, maybe Christmas 2002. Uh, because get, not having a backlight on a system is bad. Um, but there are certain handheld screens that actually look pretty decent without a backlight. Um, it was three years later, February 2003. Okay. All right. Um, the, for instance, the uh, Game Boy Pocket has a really reflective screen. So like, if you, you can play that in a, in a room with ambient light and see everything. Mm-hmm. The Neo Geo Pocket Color was similar. Um, highly reflective screen, good for that. But the Game Boy Color was a real dark one. And the Game Boy Advance, if you're not looking at it directly under a light, you're, you're not seeing it. I anything. remember my cousin, the, the, one of the boys who had all the systems. I was bringing up the three of them. He had, he had a fucking light on his Game Boy Advance to play it. Yeah. On his OG Game Boy Band. I'm looking at this like, this shouldn't be a thing. And that's why they had all those f- ridiculous accessory packs they, 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 they sold, like the third parties, like Mad Cats. Hey, here's your magnifier and your little fucking reading light attachment and things like that. And it's like, this shouldn't be necessary to play a, a handheld. Right. Shouldn't be necessary to do this. That was a big failure, but obviously the game library was robust. Yeah, the game library... Uh, so, it, you, it was not a great... I liked the form factor of it, but the screen... Um, the fact that it still used uh, AA batteries and didn't have just a built-in rechargeable battery yet. Ooh, it really yeah. was that's on a weird, that's, yeah, that's really weird borderline system here. I forgot about that. You, Yeah. But the game library was fantastic. Um, you had the uh, Castlevania, the 2D Castlevania games from Konami, Circle of the Moon, uh, not Dawn of Sorrow, uh, Aria of Sorrow. You had the Advance Wars series. You had the Golden oh, yeah. Sun games. Um, you got Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission. Metroid Zero Mission is one of my favorite video games of all time. I, I just really? absolutely oh, I adore yeah. Metroid Zero Mission. I think I played it. So good. It's a remake of the first Metroid, but with extra stuff. Um, so yeah, a lot of lot of good titles and um, definitely uh, helped. Uh, obviously, the Pokemon um, really helped Nintendo during some leaner years with their main consoles. It, yeah, it, it helped it, them through the GameCube era, much in the same way that the 3DS helped them through the um, Wii U era. Oh, yeah. G- yeah, game, yeah, basically, yeah, it's a parallel. It's like more people were playing playing the handhelds. Yep. 
than their main console by by far. So they sold, uh, I guess this, inc- this includes all of them. They sold eighty one point five one million as of June two thousand ten. Wow, king just, of the handhelds, Nintendo, just who, nuts. Who would have thought that? Yep. The, 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 the lone survivor, basically. Well, by definitely by now. But uh, yeah, I mean, my, in, when I I look at it now, you know, the lack of a backlight and the need for batteries really bummed me out on it. But this is the story with all of Nintendo's handhelds. Uh, you know, uh, low power, low spec on the technology, um, but they get the support of all the game developers, and that system becomes uh, wildly popular. The PSP had a beautiful you know, LCD screen, uh, an analog stick, shoulder buttons, used optical media, um, and it did, it succeeded, but it still failed compared to, um, in comparison to the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, you know, pea soup green screen. Uh, even the 3DS was running on, at that point in time, pretty ancient technology. The resolution on that screen was just, I mean, abysmal. There was a ton of games for the Game Boy Advance. There was, what, 2,000 or so? I, who knows? There's a lot. A, I'll, I'll look it up right now. GBA game list. I know uh, one or two people who have a complete set, or were trying to go for a complete set. Really? It's just insane. Yeah. Because there was a lot of... There was shovelware. Oh, tons of it. it. Oh, okay, not 2,000. 1,500. 1,498. That's all regions. Holy shit. That's over, what, like a 10-year span? That's a lot. About. That's a lot of games. Um, well, here's some of the top ones. When you go down the list of this, it's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of, um, like there's, there's always, there was a lot of, a lot of like IPs on there. Mm-hmm. A lot of like, uh, TV shows, the time kids shows. Oh stuff, yeah. Tons and movies. Tons of, the DS um, was even worse with that. I mean, God, I'll be honest. The GBA is probably the, the out of all the Nintendo consoles. I probably know the least about because I just didn't, was never around it when it came out. Oh, by the way, the GPSP, according to this, got was about 43 million is that so that's on top of the 81 yeah. for the advance it's separate yeah holy shit so that's like 124 million in the same platform yeah, basically just look at the same if you look at it by platform and not by hardware i yeah. guess it doesn't include the micro the micro is not as common as the other two but that's that's a holy shit that's nuts oh, obviously you rebought it if you were a fan uh, that makes sense yes so here's a list of best-selling ones we'll run off some of these obviously the first three are pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, 16 million, 12 million for Fire Red and Leaf Green, green and then Emerald at seven. And then Mario Kart afterwards, of course. Then you have like stuff, this is where it gets weird. You get like, you get like all these ports of old games that sold millions, which is shocking to, to see. Super Mario World sold, that's in fifth place. Yeah. That's nuts to me to see that. Well, I think uh, there was definitely, I, I meant to say it earlier on, but there was a novelty to the fact that this time... It was like retro. There was a novelty console. to the fact that you could carry around, you could finally carry these games around. This was at a time where things were like the game acts were popular on like message boards, like all the weird fly-by-night, you know, NES handhelds and Super Nintendo handhelds. To actually have something official that could do that, I think was a big deal for a lot of people. I'm You're shocked finally by it. carrying console games around in your pocket. Five is Super Mario World. Six is Super Mario Brothers. Two, and seven is Super Mario Brothers. Three. Yeah, oh, those, oh, those Super Mario Advance games that's sold shocking like crazy. That that those are the biggest sellers. And then eight is Namco Museum, and then nine is Pac-Man Collection. These sold millions. For for uh, I think so Namco weird. Museum and Pac-Man Collection. Pro- I mean, and they definitely did because we see them all the time at the shop. I think those probably had to have been budget releases upon release. And then Yoshi's Island's ten. Link to the Past is eleven. Again, these are games by this point that are a decade old. Uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. 
The original Super Mario Brothers is 13th at 2.27 million. That is nuts to me. Warland 4, okay. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland, uh, Finding Nebo. That's an interesting one. Another IP. That's seven. That's 17th place. Wow. Donkey Kong Country is 18th. Legend of Zelda Minish Cap is 19. UGO at 20. Golden Sun 21. Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 22. Metroid Fusion Years 23. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 24. Sonic Advance 25. And there's other ones. We go down the list. There's like Mega Man Battle, Golden Sun, Disney Princess. So I'm, I'm shocked. Look at this list. This is this is like a retro handheld console. A lot of this. This is like. Yeah, I think well, it was, I was a, like aware. I said, it was a big deal for a lot of people to be able to go out and buy these games that they could now take portably. The, that the games, that, the games that they owned 10, that, 12 years ago. That, that wasn't they, a yeah. big, that wasn't a, a wow. common thing then. I mean, that's that's a very different thing. Now now everyone assumes that that's the case, but... You yeah, can, now you, you can, can buy a, you a can, Chinese knockoff that has all the games built in. Yeah, you can buy a like billion right emulator yeah. handhelds that uh, have these games included for literally go to AliExpress. You can spend as little wow. as 10 bucks and get, you know, a, a hundred, you know shitty NES and you see why Nintendo is the company they are with so much money they put out and made so much they sold tens of millions of these games where well just throw the old game on a little Game Boy Game Boy Advance cart throw an emulator on there or whatever there you go well to their uh, credit the all the Mario Advance games had extras they had had updated especially the Mario 3 um really made use of the e-reader cards and there was tons of bonus levels and stuff that you could play. Okay, so. yeah, they upgraded the graphics. Yep, the graphics okay, are different. The, the, they had the, the, save states, or save, you know, slots to the Code of paint. Okay. But still, like, that's that's, that's incredible. I, I never actually looked at this list before and realized, wow, there's so many of these games that are just older games. Yep. And, and seeing the Pac-Man collection at 9 is so weird. That, that, that is that's, that um, is weird to me, I gotta so I'm thinking, be honest. I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, if I'm, if I grew up with Pac-Man as a kid, maybe I'm Five, six years old in 1980. Yeah, I'm only I'm only uh, 25 in 2000, 2001, yeah. 2000, 2000. Yeah, so that makes sense. I, I'm still I'm in that. That's yeah, that's the retro phase, basically, where you start going back to that stuff. So that makes sense. But I'm I'm so shocked because it's a Pac-Man collection. It's like it's 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 not something. Let's see, you got in that one. Now I'm looking. At, you got the original Pac-Man, Pac-Mania, which is not good. Pac-Attack, okay, and Pac-Man Arrangement, which was an exclusive, which I have no idea that's a thing. So you you only got four games, so that's yeah. a, that's a oh, weird yeah. array. And I'm looking <laughs> you at you didn't it. get much of anything, and the Namco one. So that's an interesting thing. Okay, now now I'm starting to appreciate the Game Boy Advance in a different direction. I did not realize how much it was for that, uh, like for the retro, like how much how much it skewed in that direction. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was I'm a kind of big, big big part of it. Big 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 Ian. big big big. All right, well that's that's an interesting thing, and obviously the SP is a hell of a lot better than that. Especially the 101. Yeah. And then they did another version. Yes. <laughs> they Nintendo got it right. Trust couldn't get it right. <laughs> they had to rebuy it eight times. And then the Micro, which is cute, but like a novelty. I'd rather... The, the SP-101 is the best, obviously. Um, the Micro uh, is, is cute, and it, I do like the... Uh, like, games look really sharp on it because you're you're jamming them into this very small screen. Yeah. Um, but they, the, you know, they, they look sharp, um, but it doesn't do the backwards compatibility. Oh, that's right. They a got Game rid Boy of that. Advance SP-101... That's your I, peak. That's your peak I, I uh, mean, handheld, <laughs> right there. and that's why they're still so popular at work. I mean, you get that, and it's the best way to play a couple decades worth of Nintendo's portable output. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get what like twenty five hundred games, three thousand yeah. games. What is it? It's like fifteen hundred combined Game Boy and Game Boy Color games, something like that. It's like three thousand games. Yep, that's that's insane. That's 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 your handheld du jour, Ian. Right, right there. Um, so anyway, yeah. So happy birthday! You're one year away from drinking, but we won't tell you if you if you if you 
Sneak a beer, yeah, beer. You, sneak you, a beer at the barbecue Game Boy Advance. We won't. We won't. You sneak a shot of Fireball. We won't yell at you. Do you actually sell original Game Boy Advance consoles still to people, do they, or do they want to look get the SP? No, they still buy them. They still buy them. I, I, I would have to assume that at this point, a lot of them are being purchased to be modded or or half. Put up. the backlight on them or to do something yeah, with it. But, that makes um, sense. They still sell. They sell as soon as we get them. Okay. All right, Ian. It's tradition on the CU Pocket. It's probably the fourth or fifth year in a row we've done this. Yes. Uh, museum of Play. Great museum. They more in your neck of the woods than up in Rochester. Yeah. Went there when I was home last. It was freaking awesome. So every year they, they have inductees for their video game hall of fame. And we always talk about, we never talk about what actually gets in because that's not as important to me as much as the finalists that they announce. Because that's a longer list. Shows where their heads at. Shows where their heads at, and they, I don't know why they don't let in most of them. But you know, they, this is this is their their list of of inductees for a list of finalists for to be inducted in 2021. Animal Crossing, absolutely. Um, Obviously, it had a good year last year. The franchise. I think this uh, is so. a good. I think this is a good year for it to be in in. Um, to be brought up for uh, nominated, um, I think it would be great to see it inducted this year. Uh, it's a game that is always, I think, provided the sort of calm and relaxed um, state that people who play it now, uh, you know, that's why it's gotten so popular. Um, it's just now it's well known. It really came into its own during the pandemic. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at the the, the, the list and who they get in. It, it's almost like it's. Half the game, half of the the, the franchise. They kind of, it's kind of like sure. they don't really distinguish that because obviously you put an Animal Crossing, they're not going to put in every individual game. So it's really like this is the franchise. We're reporting in the franchise. That's what they're nominating there, there. Because they bring up, they, they bring up here, they bring up the the thirty one million that the latest one did right here. here. God, that's still just yeah, that's an not thirty one million. Number. It's insane. Oh, that was one month. Thirty-one million. They broke the record for digital downloads of a console game in a single month. Thirty-one million. Three times as three times as many people who own the Wii U. That's insane. (laughs) Holy fuck. Uh, Call of Duty. So released by Infinity War Activision two thousand three. Call of Duty helped popularize the cinematic first-person war genre. Absolutely agreed. I, yes. I, I can't. I can't say that's not true. Um, I everyone I, played the first Call of Duty. First, yeah. I never did, but I did oh, play. Did? I, I played the first Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Four, Modern okay. Warfare, and uh, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I, I mean, to this day, I still think it was a great game. Um, I didn't need any more of it. I didn't continue with the series, but it really did. Yeah, it, it also Call of Duty. I think. Um, during the seventh generation, like the three hundred and sixty PS three era, really embodied the idea of. Um, like a summer blockbuster game. Okay. You know, it was a big was event, event games. Yes. A lot of B- commercials. Especially especially for the few years after Modern Warfare, the first one when uh, Infinity Ward was hot and they were doing the Black Ops and stuff like that. I mean, every, those those three, four years afterwards, those releases were big. They and were highly and anticipated. And World War II was hot. You had Save It Private Ryan in the late 90s. You had uh, the awesome, please watch Band of Brothers if you've never seen Band of Brothers, one of the best TV shows ever. So it was really... Really a big thing, and then that was you know the first the first uh, mission. You're at Normandy, storming the beach, right? And that was nuts to see the first time. You go, oh, it looked primitive. I'm Jim Ryan at Sony. It was amazing to play that. It was amazing to play that uh, back in back in, 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 on your PS uh, PS2 back then. My cousin had it, and I was like, yeah, you got you got torn up unless you really figure out how to navigate on the beach. And that was the start of the start of the game. So they just threw you in. It's fantastic. What's next here in this list, Ian? Farmville. Sure, lots of people played it and sunk money. And now, it's, now it's gone, right? Officially, uh, I think the first one. The is first one is, is officially gone. 
I mean, it's important. It's a browser game. Tons of people played it. Uh, I probably played it for like 20 minutes before I figured out what the hell am I doing. Growing crops on in my browser and gave it up. That's basically how I, I abandoned uh, The Sims as well. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm following around a guy living his life. I'm not living mine. It was, like, it was like after a week. I was like, what am I doing? Sorry. Offshoot. So that deserves it. FIFA International Soccer. Yep. Very important. I mean, it's, um, the, mo- it, it's, it's the most played sports game. And it's, it's also probably the one that got it right the quickest in terms of like, from what I remember, the presentation and the announcing and all the different... I mean, God, I mean, even going back to the, the 90s, seeing people played in college and you have all oh, you have all the national teams, you have all the, the smaller club teams from all of these regions. I couldn't wrap my mind around it. If I was a soccer fan, I'd be going nuts. Yeah, having access to the FIFA license is, I mean, it, that, it's, a, yeah. it's a wealth. It's like, it, was like, it's like the, it was like the Fire Pro, but for soccer games, right? You can do anything. Like, at that, that, the time, it was like, it was everything. Yep. You know, like, like hundreds and you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, like, maybe like a thousand players. I have no idea. But even like lower level club teams and, and individual countries, they had stuff. It was nuts. And obviously, um, I remember even at the time, uh, the formations and gameplay being really good for that, not being a soccer fan. And the announcing was really good, even all the way back in the late 90s, I remember. They, they, got, they got it right with FIFA. Uh, Guitar Hero, my favorite franchise. Uh, never something that I ever got into. This, was this nominated last year? Before? I thought this was, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Can, can you re-nominate? Um, I've never gotten into it, but I understand the appeal of music games. Um, I like a lot of rhythm games. Uh, it, this it, it had a huge moment when it came out. It was wildly popular for three or four releases. Um, then, just as quickly as it came, uh, all enthusiasm for it went away, and we started see places like GameStop, uh, independent stores like Luna Video Games. We all started seeing the equipment and all of this stuff pile up. It was a fad. It's over. Except for it wasn't, because uh, every couple of years, interest in Guitar Hero seems to come back full force, and uh, during lockdown, it was no different. Uh, we get... I, specifically gar- Guitar Hero, not Rock Band? Specific, more Guitar Hero, because I think it's what's known, and uh, it came first. I think... Ro- it's, there, it's a Kleenex? We do get a lot of calls for Rock Band as well, um, but without, without Guitar Hero's success, we never would have seen Rock Band in the U.S. Now the next one, which, uh, which is Ian will like... That, yes. Is this actually a video game or an electronic game? Mattel Football, 1977, the LED blip game. So this was the first. So it was the first blockbuster handheld electronic game that introduced millions to portable gaming. Uh, I don't think it was the first one, but I guess they gave them the credit. This is the one that blew up. Yeah, uh, and it's. Uh, I, I still think it's fun. I like Mattel football. And then, of course, they put out football. They had soccer. They had hockey. They had baseball. They had racing. They did so many of these. And Coleco did their own as well. I have basketball. I have hockey, and none of them. They're just not as good as football? None of them even come close to getting the simplicity and the fun right. Is it because with football, you're marching up the field and basketball, you've got to like pass and shoot. It's a little bit different. It's harder to get it, it's it right a, the it's dots. Much, it's much harder to get dots. suss out what's going on <laughs> Yeah, when you're playing those. But football is very easy, and it's simple and it's fun. I remember um, you know, I, there was a couple of them at my grandparents' house when I was growing up in the 80s. They would have been my you know my my uncles when when they were relevant and i used to play them all the time i remember learning how to my my uncle sitting down and teaching me how to play that mattel football game when i was like five years old um so yeah i still have a lot of good memories of that it's not but is it a video game though that's we're gonna splice hairs i think so Uh, uh, it's not a video uh microsoft flight simulator Uh, another one that came big during the pandemic where people like oh my god give me a new flight simulator especially the most recent one yeah there was a shortage someone asked me to look at the swap meet for for 
I swear to God. Hey, look for look for certain types of uh, joysticks at the swap me because you can't buy new joysticks anymore. I was like, what do you mean you can't buy new? Jo- you can't you can't find joysticks. They're being scalped. Uh, I was get, like, really? We yes. got calls uh, a few times uh, over the pandemic um, and asked that question, and it's not one that I normally get. So it makes sense. And even yeah. older ones, People- even ones that are ten years old, like with little, just with like a like basic functions, like a little like little shifter or gear, little changer thing or a little. Uh, accelerator little knob for for speed like even those ones you couldn't find or were going up in price you- someone had brought in uh, within the past year someone had a boxed original uh sidewinder 3d joystick um i loved that fucking thing like early 2000s uh late 90s. late 90s late 90s i remember it was big for mech assault uh I, my, my... Is that the big globe on it it's like a no it, it's it's the joystick but you can twist you can twist it okay you can twist it to look to your left and your right so basically. that people were looking for probably people were looking for that one a lot oh, but someone brought one in and i was like we don't buy pc stuff and they left and i was like fuck i I wanted you could, that. You could have flipped it, Ian, yourself. <laughs> no, I, I, I just wanted it. I, playing Mech, uh, Mech Warrior 2 with that was just an absolute joy. So games had a support, obviously, where you shift it and you yeah. can look. Interesting. So obviously, I think that deserves... That's, that's the only flight sim I even know about by name is that one. And it was the first one, obviously, from, yeah, 82. Pole position, also 82. Sure. First hurting, hitting arcades in 82, pole position motored to the top of the racing game genre with its realistic gameplay. Uh, realistic, I guess. The game came in two configurations. Both included steering wheel, gear shift, and gas pedal. Thrusting players into the driver's seat. Whoa. Uh, you think this deserves it, Ian? Yes, I, I do. I'm just not particularly excited about pole position. No, because it was here and gone and, and not really have, doesn't really have a legacy. I've never had a cartoon that's really weird. Yeah. Um, but it was a big game for a year. No, I mean, it's classic. L- L- later Atari. I think most people know yeah. what Pole Position looks like. I've just never gotten into it as much as I have other games. Great theme song. The Pole Position uh, theme song. <laughs> Wait, is it? No, that, that, was I mean, Galax- that was Galaga. Yeah, he's just a Galaga. You know, yeah. I know where you're going with that. Uh, Portal. Uh, yes. Um, short, sweet. Um, I, I, I don't know how to say this properly. It showed that... Uh, there are still people out there who can make very clever games. First-person puzzle game. That's not a big, uh, big genre. Very, you know, yeah. Uh, that's uh, not a common thing. Um, so that was unique. And uh, it came from Valve. Um, and it makes great use of environmental storytelling, which is something they've always been known for uh, in the Half-Life games. StarCraft. California-based developer Blizzard Entertainment took the real-time strategies to new heights in 98 with the debut of StarCraft, the single-player mode of the immersive... Blah blah blah. The one game. Okay, this is the one where I have a little bit of a problem with because I only I only think this would be on here is because obviously of, of the esports stuff because uh, this and, and Warcraft are so similar uh, games that when I saw Starcraft I was like this is a nice game but I I I just played this game they just reskinned it basically sure but they, they did a little bit but I mean like so I'm like if Warcraft doesn't get respect you're giving respect to Starcraft for for basically doing what Warcraft really Warcraft two did. Right before it, yeah, but they they pick the games largely for impact yeah, as I know. well, and I mean, uh, the, the, so I mean, you can't separate the esports stuff from it. I mean, that I is know why it's more it's about the legacy. Yes, that's what I mean. That's the thing. Like, I, I obviously StarCraft is great. Don't get me wrong, but having 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 you know, young Pat kind of you look at them too. just as games, yes. I get, and not the impact. It's it's, it's not a whole lot. It's a, it, yes, it's cool to have the space theme, but it's it's the same game as Warcraft too. Um, here's a here's a weird one. Midway's Tron. First arcade game paired with the Hollywood movie. When it, when it entered the arcade in '82, its combination of its combination of challenging gameplay, innovative cabinet design, and a unique control unique control grip made it a hit with gamers. The film entered theaters two months later, 
Uh, I didn't know that came out before the movie. Yeah. Riding on the back of the game's buzz. Well, did it really ride on the back of the buzz? But the game ultimately outshone the movie. Oh, wow. Earning more than $60 million, uh, to the film's $33 million in the U.S. The film and game inspired a new film version in 2010, which spurred a new wave of console, new wave of console PC and mobile gaming. Um, I'm the Tron fan. Uh, I love Tron. I love the game. Um they did a good job of selling it to me and its importance, but this is the one that I looked at when I looked at the list. I said, I, uh, I'm happy to see it, but I, I don't know that it they're really, really deserves to be there. They're really trying to t- tie in the film stuff and the new film, and like that's irrelevant to the original game because the original game came out, I guess, was a, was a hit, but the film flopped, and we didn't hear anything from Tron for... You know, 30 years. Well, no, there was the, there was the, the game that came out in the... 2000s Tron 2.0 and there was a cartoon that was after the movie that was after so like um, Tron was yeah the the, the video game I I love the video game I love the cabinet I love all that I think it's brilliant I love I love the little dial with that but I'm like well Journey did that sort of multi-genre thing the same way even though it's not as fun as a game it's goofy but it's like it's not really the game didn't break huge new ground and pairing it with a Hollywood movie was not uh, it was not the first arcade game paired with a Hollywood movie. Oh, they mean at the same time because it was Star Wars games. So I don't know what they're talking about. Oh, they mean like when it first came out. That's what they're trying to say. That's a little weak. Yeah, I don't like that one. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm surprised. I think they probably nominated that one before. Um, uh, yeah, because I I know I I've probably gushed about Carmen San Diego before. I love those games. Uh, I even play uh, a phone version. <laughs> Edutainment, Ian. Yeah, I play a, a, a an unofficial phone version. Oh, do you really? Yeah, uh, it's unofficial, but it's, it's sold as basically it's the like, same sort of thing. It, it, it's it's called like the I'd have to look at it like San Diego Files or something like that. <laughs> but it's a where is Ian Ferguson? It's a constantly updated um, Carmen San Diego clone, and it plays just like the <laughs> plays just like the uh, the original. It's like, it's like a buck or two, and you just have fun with it. Yeah, but I, I I like they're fun. You learn a little stuff as you play them. Um, but that game was huge for me as a kid, uh, and I don't think edutainment has ever really been done as well as it was in that era. They bring up the uh, the uh, the game show in the nineties. They skip over the animated one from the nineties and go right to the the newer one when they talk about this helping propel Carmen Sanio and a world traveling ways into the cultural zeitgeist. I'd say by the I by the time they got to the game show it was done. Like the people knew but the game show was pretty big I remember at the time. Oh, yeah. I, I, wa- used, I, used I didn't watch, watch I didn't play the game when I watched the show. That's how like it was like, oh this is interesting. The world is Carmen Sandiego. And I'm trying to think was that the f- first That was Rockapella. Yes, I know yes, I know okay. it's Rockapella. They're still Rockapella. around. I, know. I looked them up last year. But was that I the them up every once in a while too. Was that the first Game show based on a specific video game? Uh, and is it the only one? I know they're trying to do a Pac-Man game show another, and a Frogger one. Was that was that the first and only one to this point? No, it can't be. I think that's it. Not counting like games that became video games, like Classic Concentration and Wheel of Fortune. Sure, I, sure. I think that's it. That's interesting, right? Well, it's a trivia game, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, now Ian's looking it up. Not Meredith Baxter Bernie. That was the same time period, though, kind of. All right. Well, that's a that's a nice list. Uh, so good luck to the potential inductees, Ian. You would agree? Yes. And uh, Tron being on there is really weird. I will say that. I don't think Tron's going to make it. I don't think Mattel Football is going to make it because uh, I don't think uh, people will give that 
respect. And like I said, I don't know. If it's, but who votes on this again? Who votes on this? Uh, when you, when you're at the museum, you can vote, and you can vote online too. Oh, it's online voting. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, that's not uh, not all of the inductees are based on those votes, but there is a like public. So I gotta I gotta Everywhere. go go to the Straw Museum in sub zero temperatures in Rochester to vote on this in person. You should I gotta be able to vote up. online. Gotta I bundle so. up. So fucking cold in Rochester. I almost went to college here. Thank God I didn't. Garbage plates. So fucking cold. Sorry. Is that it for this? That's it for this. That's that's, that's, that's it. Ian, we got a Patreon. We do patreoncom slash podcast. You go. You give money. We give stuff in return. What do we give in return? Oh, we do hangouts once a month. Uh, you get the full video podcast. I do a writing about once a week. I wrote a little bit about basketball this week because that's all I did all weekend was watch basketball and work. Uh, and we do uh, polls. Poll topics. Like poll position. Like the like, theme song you don't know. From the cartoon. Mm-hmm. You did the, the Galaga theme instead. Right, second place, do big video game releases get too much hype? 33%. One third. And in first place, 67%. What retro games would you want to see a 2D modern remake of? And this is sort of on the piggybacking off of the topic from a week or two ago about Nintendo remakes. So if I had my druthers... Uh, that's my term. Damn it. If I had my druthers, uh, it would be... Uh, and this is piggybacking off of last week is still more I want to see Zelda 2 remade in 2D because the more I think about it the more the more the more I realize everything I like about Zelda 2 is kind of inherently tied to the fact that it's a 2D game if you take Zelda 2 and well, that's you, how it plays yeah yeah if you take Zelda 2 and you open it up into uh, you know, uh, an open world. I think it loses some of its individuality and its charm. Um, when you take a game like Zelda, the original, I think it, there's an there's an easier translation of the type of gameplay you're going for in an overworld Zelda to an open world like 3D Zelda. I think oh, take, okay. I think taking something it's... like Zelda One or Link to the Past, and then you know the evolution from something because like... you have a big map that you're yes. already walking around. You're already moving around in a, okay. in a space, circling around. So I think the transition from something like that to uh, say Ocarina of Time or Breath of the Wild that's a lot cleaner. So that's action adventure, and Zelda Two is more like action RPG. Right. You that's go that that's that's a smoother transition. But the platforming elements and all that are what um, I think really the platforming elements, the 2D exploration of the palaces, which could be looked at as almost like tiny Metroidvania type levels. Um, I, I think you lose some of the the combat, obviously, actually using your shield. Yeah, you lose a lot Locking. of what makes that game unique combat? if you try to blow, put it into um, if you try to put it into 3D. So yeah, I'd love to see that. I don't think funny, Nintendo you... would ever do that. I think I think we may get to the point where Nintendo revisits Zelda 2. I don't think they'll redo it as a, as a 2D game. Just so people online can whine about how it's not a real Zelda game. I can't wait for that, Ian. That'll be great. Um, It'll be amazing. <laughs> it's not real! It's not real! Okay, okay, 20-year-old. Okay. Um, I brought up Kid Icarus before. How I think that'd be an awesome one to see remade properly. Uh, like like sixteen bit style. That people let's 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 veer off of Nintendo. Though. Let's try to let's try to try to veer away mm-hmm. Nintendo. I I think um well we had a sixteen bit remake of Ninja Gaiden on Super Nintendo. It was not good. It wasn't as good as the the NES one somehow in, in the trilogy. Uh, so we had that. So that one's done. Uh, I would actually uh, love if they did the um well they did you know they, they did they did uh, Contra Four, but if, hell. Re- redo the original Contra, but just, just do it 16-bit. Just glossy up the graphics. I'd play that. Sure. Same, same exact layout, same exact gameplay. That could be something. 
it's almost like then what's the point then but no just just for just for giggles sometimes it's nice to see a fresh coat of paint on something you really just for like. giggles and what if you don't like it you've always got the original still um let's see would you want to see uh, I'm looking at, at the wall there because you love this game and I don't uh, Goonies 2 the 16-bit I remake lo- yeah I, w- I, I would love would to you- see a remake of Goonies 2 that made um, the uh, in the between maze? yeah the maze parts not an absolute chore to made fucking- it a little bit easier to randomly hammer shit and punch things I admittedly like uh, the idea of Goonies 2 better than how it's executed um, but I, I do think there's a lot of fun to be had in Goonies 2. I think the platforming and the exploration is great, and I think the uh, maze levels are an interesting idea. But yeah, it's it's really uh, really tedious. Looking at this is the one I brought up a few weeks ago about someone online. I went back and forth and how I thought it was it was terrible. I said no, it's actually pretty good. Uh, the original Ninja Turtles. I think if you remade that, yes, and, and smoothed out the edges, that could be really good. What is it about games? I, I, and I love the original Ninja Turtles. Games that have an overhead map, but 2D side-scrolling levels. Like, I love Zelda 2. I love the original Ninja Turtles. Um, and yeah, I think those really would... Those those are ripe for a 2D remake, because yes. you can't... Tighten the controls a little a little bit with the jumping. Get get rid of more of the constantly reappearing enemies, so you make it a little bit easier to get through, and, you, and upgrade the graphics. Hell. Yeah. Throw in a, a, a multiplayer while you're at it. Two guys on the screen somehow crunched in. There you go. That would sell. That would sell like hotcakes. I'd buy that in a second. And, and yeah, and maybe save states. For, for, for yeah, yeah. That's that's that'd be a big one. The soundtrack's already amazing on that game. People, oh, it's terrible. It looks pretty good. It sounds great. The game. You just, it's a little too hard for you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, that's all. Um, one last one that I would love to see a 2D remake of, uh, and I feel like Inti Creates could actually probably do this one pretty well. Um, Guardian Legend. Okay. On the NES. Uh, you know, open, exploratory, Zelda-style um, action game uh, with uh, 2D shooter levels. Oh god, Ian's getting moist thinking about that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, seriously. And I love that game. Um, um, it, I would love to see it with a little bit more visual variety because it does get pretty repetitive in terms of how it looks. Um, but it's a great idea for a game, and I'd like to see that you fleshed know, out. Better. You know what game that I think could be remade that I've grown to appreciate but couldn't stand at the time? Karnov. I think Karnov could be a little bit interesting as a 16-bit game. Treg loves that game. With the problem with that game is there are enough buttons, first of all, and it's not intuitive when you're just when you're eight years old trying to figure it out with all the different items and stuff. But if you if you made it a little bit better looking, you made it a little more intuitive with the controls. Where you have more, you have eight buttons to deal with, or you know six. I think that could be something. Yeah, I I go back and oh, you get the ladder out easily, or do the whatever bombs, whatever. I don't I don't think I I don't think I appreciated Karnov for what it was. It was it was fairly popular at the time. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, it was on every. It was on the computer. It was on. It was on. We've always got copies of it. I mean, it, it, every, it's, it's people sold. had it. Yeah. I mean, that was still early, early NES. I mean, I came out what probably what, early eighty seven ish. So like we're talking about, it's still like the early stage of the NES where you did a lot of those, uh, a lot of those arcade ports and, and games that people were not forced to play. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was once like that. How about how about we go a little more deeper? Would there be any sixteen bit error games you want to see remade? That probably even still could be remade because the, the, maybe the controls aren't good or just it was just wasn't working for you hmm. i got one that might be controversial but i'll let you go first uh you're I, that's getting sprung on me so let me let me think a bit i, I want to hear what your controversial one is i think they should remake uh, the original splatterhouse that oh. game has issues that game has i think control issues a little bit 
and I think um, you can put a little more zest in the gameplay. A little more zest. Yeah. A little more zest. I like the game, but it is kind of rigid. Yeah. It feels rigid, I guess, would be a, a, a term I'd use to describe it. I think, I, think you can, I think you can do that a little bit better. I, th- I think you can do a little, uh, little more variety of, of weapons and, and using the weapons more. And, you know, like, I, think, I think you can do more with that. I think you can pull back the, the camera and, have more, and, and, and make them a little bit smaller and have a little more space to move and to dodge and things like that. I think you could do a little bit with Splatterhouse. It's funny because when uh, I, I, we're getting to this point where... Widescreen Splatterhouse, you know, there you go. We're getting to a point where it's because, you know, retro games, you know, became very popular again and people realize there's still a lot of fun to be had in these old style of games. Um, it's hard for me to actually think of something that actually hasn't been done. I wanted to be like Streets of Rage. Well, we did. I mean, we got Streets yeah. of Rage 4. Um, and then I wanted to say... Um, uh, like Devil's Crush or Alien Crush, and it's not you know by the same people, but we've got uh, Demon's Tilt, which is you know a modern reimagining essentially sure. of. So people are taking a lot of these good ideas and already running with them. Yeah, fuck it, Rolling Thunder. There you go. Even though they did two, of them, I, want, I want the original one remade. I mean, the controls are perfect, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, it's perfect. What am I talking about? No, don't, no, don't, don't remake don't, that. Don't yeah. touch. No, that. some things just definitely don't, don't touch need that. To be Graphics are fine. It looks great. It sounds great. Controls great. Uh, yeah, I think Splatterhouse, that's the one. Oh, I got one now. All right. Looking at it. Why did I not think of this one? My my lovely game. And it's a, another one that's more action-adventure with an overhead Rygar. Give oh, me, yeah. Give they, me a... They si- actually did. What? There's uh, a 16-bit Rygar? No, there's a... I'm sorry. There's a they, there's a remake of Rygar on the PS2. They did not do a, uh, a 16-bit version. No, no, not yeah, that. Okay. No. Give me... Tecmo, you're out there. You're still out there. You're out there, Tecmo. Give me a 16-bit... Rygar, with with a, with a with a uh, password, please, or whatever save states, but password, please, please. That I think that's that's my one. That would be brilliant. I think. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's it. <laughs> I don't know why I threw that one. That was fun. All right, we done with the podcast. Or you want to do uh, nah, voicemail? We'll skip voicemails this week. We'll save okay. them for next week. Okay. Well, this was a fun podcast. It was. I guess. Did we get four main topics? One, two. Three, four. Yeah, we did. Cool. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in <laughs> to this wonderful episode. I'll, we'll see you in a week. That's really it. That's it. We're ending a little bit early today. Well, not early. It was one thirty, and I, I talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League for fifteen minutes, but I said ten. You're so not gonna you're not gonna watch Jared Leto Joker Jesus. I'm not. It's so bad. A truce for Bruce. Here's my Joker card, and and he takes it, and he's like. Oh, oh, I forgot to bring this up. This is where you hear him curse. One day I will fucking kill you, Joker. And it'll be slowly. It'll be slow. God, the the edge. Whew, sharp. Glad they spent the millions of dollars to redo those <laughs> scenes and get... That's... Yeah. Woo. Wow. All right. But, but then Joker does point out and says, you're not going to kill me. Like, I says, because he would have like, would, would done it by now. Like, why would... Like, like, why would you wait to kill him when he's already Joker's already killed all these people? Like, why would you? You were gonna, either going to do it right away, or you're not going to do it. Well, that's the, that's an age old discussion about the Joker. Shit or get off the pot. Yeah, right. He kill him or don't. He needs him. Yeah, Batman's insane. Yeah, he does kind of need him. He's a fucking nutcase. He needs another nutcase that's worse to him to show that hey, I'm not as bad as this guy. You know, right? Is that is, is that basically what the, what the conversation is? Yes. He's, he's like my mirror. And I, I like the Batman character, but he's a nutcase. Uh, oh, by the way, they kept that humor. They kept some of the humor, which I could have sworn was Joss Whedon, where like, or Flash gets in, into the Batmobile, and he goes, oh, what's your power? And, and Batman goes, I'm rich. So that, I guess that was a Zack Snyder thing. 
Yeah, because apparently all of the, the weed and jokes are supposed to be, like, gone. That one's in there. As, but supposedly the, the one that I enjoyed, someone told me, so there was a, there was a, when the Flash first gets to Batman's, uh, the Batcave, in the Whedon version, he, like, runs around as all enthusiastic and ends up in the Batmobile, like, in a, in, in a Flash. Uh-huh. And that's not in the, the Snyder one. That would have been a good joke to keep. That's actually good because he's all excited because he likes to text stuff, right. too. And that's, that's not in this one. Weird. Oh, and I forgot the one thing. He wants to go, but he's not going to go. The one thing that's horrible that was explained in the Joss Whedon version somewhat that isn't in this one. So when Batman comes back, when Superman gets resurrected, he doesn't know who he is. And he starts beating up the Justice League. The only way it stopped is by Lois showing up and then uh, Superman recognizes Lois because he's almost ready to kill Batman. In the Whedon version, that's like explained somehow or like Batman gets in touch with Lois to show up. It's not explained in the Snyder version. She just waltz up. Oh. She just waltzes on up to the battle and goes, Hey, Clark, it's me. That's not explained, so it's it's totally a plot hole. It's like, why the fuck is she showing up? Where is right? Where she, is she coming she from? Know, she knew in three minutes of, of them fighting that I better I better run to this. Yeah. It doesn't make any. Wouldn't you have her ready on standby right. to begin with, just in case he, he's a nutcase? That's probably one. Of, actually, that's probably one of the best scenes in the movie. Is, is uh, Superman fighting off the Justice League and they realizing, oh, we are screwed. And that's probably the best part. You know, sorry. All right, now we're done. We're done. I'll try to edit that into the other segment. <laughs> All right. Bye.